Hey, 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 welcome to Badly Branded. I'm your host, Beulah Marie, and we have so much to talk about today, primarily Brittany, but as usual, a few other things as well. Um, <clears throat> first, I wanted to plug Badly Branded's sister podcast, Deconstructing Bush. So if you're a fan of Bush or Gavin Rossdale, please head on over, listen to Deconstructing Bush, like, follow, subscribe, recommend, all of that. Um, I have a lot of fun with that podcast. So essentially, it is lyrical analysis and song interpretation. So I kind of take a literary approach um, to analyzing the lyrics of Bush songs uh, written by Gavin. A lot of times they're very like poetic in nature, filled with themes and symbolism and all of that, uh, metaphors. So I do like to kind of deconstruct the songs and uh, do those lyrical interpretations and analyses, and it's a lot of fun. Um, so if you're into the band Bush, if you're into Gavin Rossdale, or just songwriting, uh, lyrical analysis, or alternative music, rock music, grunge music, hard rock, all of that, that might be a podcast for you. Um, <clears throat> and just a quick plug for Bush, uh, they released a new song uh, last week called More Than Machines. It's very good, quite good. So uh, download it, stream it, take a listen. It's it's pretty cool. And they have an album, a new album coming out uh, in October. It's called The Artist's Survival. And I'm not going to pretend I know offhand for sure, but I want to say it's like maybe their ninth studio album, 10th maybe. I'm not, I'm not sure. But um, yeah, it's bound to be good. Um, their music's always great. Their last album, The Kingdom, was amazing. Uh, the Kingdom was one of my favorite Bush songs. I mean, sorry, favorite Bush albums ever, um, aside from 16 Stones. So I'm excited for the artist's arrival. Um, anyway, you know, this podcast, we're usually less rock focused and more focused on celebrities and pop culture and, and TV and pop music and all of that. Um, so that's what we're going to talk about today. You know me, I'll probably go off on some tangents, but let's go. Um, first, I wanted to talk a little bit about Taylor Swift, uh, her her private jet usage, and um, same goes for um, Kylie Jenner. Uh, I'd like to preface this by saying I do care about climate change. I do care about our environment. I try to be, you know, as eco-friendly and green as possible, but within reason. You know, um, I'm certainly not perfect, but, you know, we recycle, we have a hybrid vehicle, we have solar panels. Um, you know, I, <laughs> I try to reduce our carbon footprint when possible, but we are certainly not perfect, nor are we obsessive about it or all consumed by it. But I I think uh, it is something people should be concerned about and that climate change is very real and potentially disastrous and, you know, global warming, not a good thing. Um, so all that being said, I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit um, for the likes of Taylor Swift and Kylie Jenner. Um, first of all, and here's the feminist coming out real quick. Uh, I don't think that if these two were men, that they would be getting quite the same attention or scrutiny for using their private jet, right? If that's a Jeff Bezos or a Jay-Z, um, or a Donald Trump or, um, you know, Kanye or, or someone like that, um, no one's really going to say much about it. You know, if Michael Jordan is on his private jet or Tiger Woods, um, you know, or some Bill Gates type person, like no one's really going to say much. But Taylor Swift, Kylie Jenner, they're both young female uh, celebrities who are both very polarizing women. Like, 
they divide people. You know, you either love them or hate them. So I do think that that plays a role in this scrutiny. Um, and they're certainly not the only celebrities who fly private, um, you know, male or female or other. Um, I've seen very recent photos and videos of, you know, Kim Kardashian and Britney Spears flying private. Um, and just because I'm mentioning females here does not mean that it's only women who do it, of course. Um, I just want to see, you know, Mark Zuckerberg getting the same flack. Um, and, and maybe he does, but it's not like dominating the news headlines like it is with Taylor Swift, right? Um, so here's my thoughts like about that. I'll say this, of course, flying private uh, needlessly or excessively is a no-no in terms of like reducing one's carbon footprint. Flying in general, not great for the environment, but you know what else is terrible for the environment? Eating meat. But most of us do it. I'm not saying not to eat meat, but I am pointing out that if you're shoving a burger in your mouth and commenting on Taylor flying private, just consider that, you know, things are all relative and we all do things every day that are probably bad for the environment. Eating meat being one of them. Driving our cars being another. You know, um, and so I'm not necessarily defending Taylor or Kylie per se. And again, I think the state of our environment and climate change and all of that are terrible, scary, and awful and real. Um, but again, to play devil's, devil's advocate here, if you're being honest with yourselves, I don't know. I feel like if most of us had a private jet, we'd use it. Like, I don't know. Long weekend in the Bahamas, quick jaunt to Vegas. Uh, I don't know. I feel like a lot of us would use it. Um, not to mention that some of the people sharing this have these major gas guzzling vehicles that are awful in terms of emissions, awful for the environment. These big ass, you know, like Range Rovers and giant, loud, obnoxious pickup trucks. Like, you know, it's not a plane, but it's all relative, right? Most of us can't afford a private jet, but, you know, if you're not driving an electric vehicle or hybrid or biking everywhere, you know, cycling to work, like, you're contributing too. And I believe it's all relative. So to me, it's like, you know, don't hate the player, hate the game, right? These celebrities could, of course, do better, but so could you and me. Most of us could probably do better. And yeah, it's like, in addition to the fact that we could all do better, it's like, why don't we hold certain industries and corporations more accountable if we truly care and we want to get real about it and not just nitpick celebrities that people don't like? You know, like hold the right entities accountable and educate without being hateful about it. Because to me, this is bigger than Taylor or Kylie or anyone else. And I'd like you to pause for a second and consider what are you doing to help the environment and reduce your carbon footprint? If you don't have a good answer for that, I don't know, maybe calm down about Taylor Swift using her private jet a lot. Um, so aside from that... Um, well, we watched the show The Wilds on Amazon, and it was pretty good. I definitely liked it. Um, we watched both seasons of The Wilds back to back. Uh, I can't wait till the next season. I, I really did enjoy it. We just started on the show C with Jason Momoa. I can't remember if it's on Amazon or Apple. I think it's Amazon. But anyway, it's called C. The premise is that it's this future dystopian society where most people have lost um, the ability to see. Um, that's, in a nutshell, that's what it's about. And again, it's Jason Momoa. I am not like a huge fan 
just yet. I'm giving it a chance. I don't hate it. Uh, my husband likes it, though. Uh, I I have some problems with the premise just in the way that it's been executed. Um, I think there are some plot holes and, you know, I get that you have to suspend disbelief when you're watching fantasy shows, but there's just certain things for me that have me like tilting my head a little bit and kind of scratching my head about. Um, But, you know, I get that it's a fantasy show. I get that there's only so much you can do in storytelling and in cinematography. Um, I just, there's some plot holes for me. And I also wish there was a little more character development. Um, But, you know, it's a cool show, aesthetically speaking. Jason Momoa is Jason Momoa. Um, It's okay. You know, I don't, I don't hate it. Um, And I could go into a whole thing about Jason Momoa as well. Um, But uh, I'll save that for another day. Um, I kind of feel the same way about him as I do about the show. I'll say that. Like, I understand the appeal. Um, I get it. But I'm also kind of like, eh. You know, I know that sounds rude because I've heard he's a very nice guy. But, you know, I don't know. Kind of like take it or leave. Take it. A, <laughs> take him or leave him. But, yeah, he's attractive. Um, anyway, so we also tried to get into the show Peaky Blinders, um, which I know, I know it's been out for a while. But I cannot get into that one. I, it's, uh, I don't know. I'm bored by Peaky Blinders. Like, at least the show C, you know, um, it's decent enough. But Peaky Blinders, I know it won all these awards and people love it, but I cannot get into that one. So, <clears throat> at any rate, um, so Star Trek actress, Nichelle Nichols recently passed away. Nichelle Nichols. I'm not sure if it's Nichelle or Nichelle, but uh, very sad she passed away. She was older, but um, it is sad because she was in this crazy conservatorship like Britney, and she was very unhappy in her conservatorship. So um, it makes me sad that she passed away uh, so unhappy and with so many of her rights stripped away. And also, you know, my thoughts are with her friends, family, and fans. Um, my husband and I saw Rage Against the Machine on Friday. Uh, we saw them live in Pittsburgh. Uh, it was a great show, like really good. They're definitely worth seeing live. The crowd was so into it. It was pretty insane. Um, really, really good. Uh, Tom Morello, play guitar with his teeth that I mean just all of it was it was really good it was like a uh stripped down you know set and stage like it wasn't this big production like you see with some of the pop stars for example um but that's all Rage Against the Machine needs you know they don't need all the glitz and glam and uh craziness right now there was a screen behind them with definitive political statements during the show uh all of which tended to align with my own beliefs um so if you go to a Rage Against the Machine show, just be prepared uh, that obviously they are a political band. Um, uh, you know, Tom Rello went to Harvard for political science. Uh, that's, you know, one of them, I think it was him, worked for like a senator or a congressman or something. So they are political. I mean, the name itself, Rage Against the Machine, is pretty much a political kind of anarchist name, right? So you got to expect that going to one of their shows, but it's um, it's worth seeing them if you can. Uh, also this weekend, we went on a long bike ride and stopped at this local museum, uh, like a music museum called Johnny Angel's Ginchy Stuff. Um, Johnny Angel has had quite a career Uh, And so much cool memorabilia ranging from the Yardbirds to the Temptations to James Brown to Ray Charles to Carole King to New Kids on the Block. You know, quite a variety there. Uh, So it was a really cool 
um, museum and shop. He had like vintage Michael Jackson stuff and Elvis Presley dolls and, uh, you know, like a Bob Dylan poster, John Lennon poster, um, lots of, lots of cool things, lots of autographs, uh, some props and costumes and, um, you know, signed guitars and just all of it, old pinball machines. Um, so it's a pretty cool place. Johnny Angel's Ginchy Stuff. It's in the north side area of Pittsburgh. So if you're ever in the area, definitely stop in and check it out. It's right next door to another cool spot called Bicycle Heaven. Um, so yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh, moving on, uh, just an update on my beta fish, beta fish, whatever you want to say, Freddie Mercury. Um, so Freddie's tail is now looking funky. Um, I tell you, I am a good um, very, um, caring, responsible pet parent, very loving pet parent. So I have no idea why I am having such poor luck with this fish, nor do I know how my podcast became an outlet for me to incessantly talk about my fish, Freddie. Um, but you know, it's like, he seems fine. He's swimming around happily, um, acting normal, uh, you know, engaging with me, you know, he rests a lot as beta fish do. Um, but he seems like his normal self. His tail just looks weird though. So I don't know if he has some type of illness going on or more likely if he perhaps tore it on a decoration or got it partially stuck in the filter. Like, I don't know. Um, but I feel bad. I'm trying everything. I'm like, adding salt, uh, you know, aquarium salt to the water. I'm putting almond leaves in the water. Uh, I'm giving him beta revive drops and, um, lifeguard tablets. They're like a medicine. So, you know, hopefully he's fine and he'll be fine. Um, but like I said, and I say pretty much every episode, I feel like fish are not carefree, easy beginner pets. Like, I don't know where that myth came from because they're fairly high maintenance and somewhat stress, stressful. Um, speaking of stressful, my dog Brutus is chiming in in the background. I do apologize. Um, if it gets to be too bad, I will pause. But um, for now, just going to keep moving forward here. I wanted to mention something about Elon Musk that I heard recently that's wild. Um, I was told that he said, I think on a podcast or in an interview or something, that he wants to help repopulate the earth with smart people, which is why he has a gazillion kids. So he thinks we're having a population crisis, but a population crisis of unintelligent people. So he wants to have a gazillion kids to try to put some intelligent, smart people on earth, right? And repopulate uh, intelligence. <laughs> so I don't know if that's true. Um, it's kind of messed up, but also kind of funny. And I don't know if he actually um, said that or not. And I have a weird, like, thought process or weird feelings when it comes to Elon Musk, like definitely a love hate kind of thing. Like so much about Elon Musk annoys me and I don't like a lot of things about him, but then I'll occasionally hear him speak and he will say something funny or witty or clever. Um, and I'll find myself laughing or being charmed by whatever he's saying. And it's just like, I don't know that he's a good guy, but I also don't know that he's a bad guy. So I kind of just have like very mixed feelings on Elon Musk. Um, but the fact that he said that we're having a population crisis because basically unintelligent and stupid people are the ones procreating. Um, yeah, that's like, I don't know. He's like, Elon Musk is like when you're watching a movie and there's a villain and he's very clearly the villain and like the bad guy, but you kind of like him 
and you find yourself rooting for him and he does have some redeeming qualities. That's kind of what I what I feel about Elon Musk. Like I don't know that he is like a good person, but I think he has the capability to occasionally do good things, which we've seen him do before. Um, and I, so I think he has the capacity to like be human. Um, and I admire his scientific mind and his inventions and all the things he's contributed to society um, and science. But also, like, I think he's kind of maybe a douche, pompous, arrogant, a womanizer. You know, I don't know. He's maybe a little misogynistic, um, y- you know, but yeah, um, that's Elon Musk for you. Um, what else? Okay, so we're going to move on a little bit to two people that I talk about on this podcast all the time. So Kanye West and Britney Spears. Kanye, uh, there have been a lot of like rumors and speculation that he maybe is in some type of conservatorship or that he was being, um, you know, held against his will in some way, similarly to how Brittany was when she was forced into that mental facility in like 2019 or whenever it was. Um, or at the very least that he um, was being silenced by like the Kardashians or whomever. So I have a lot of uh, thoughts about it that won't take a lot of time. But basically, okay, it's not impossible that he was placed under a conservatorship or that the Kardashians tried to do so. They have ties to Lou Taylor. Lou Taylor is who allegedly orchestrated Britney's conservatorship. And at the very least, she's had a big hand in all of that. Um, and by all accounts, she's not a good person at all, allegedly, like really vile, really greedy, really hypocritical, really evil, just bad person, allegedly. Um, and yeah, she, there's financial ties somehow. I won't get into the nitty gritty, but just trust, you can look it up. There are ties somehow between her, Lou Taylor, and the Kardashians and Jenners, allegedly. Um, so given Kanye's obvious connection to the Kardashians, like it's not a stretch that Lou Taylor or someone would have a hand in trying to orchestrate a conservatorship for him. That's not beyond the realm of impossibility. I'm sorry, beyond the realm of possibility. It definitely could happen. It would not be unreasonable to think that. Um, He, in the past, has tweeted some things and shared some things that made it sound like they were trying to silence him or put him into a conservatorship or put him on a psychiatric hold or something. And maybe that's why he's been largely out of the limelight lately. Um, He could have been getting help for himself, either of his own accord or against his will. We don't know. And it's really none of our business. If he was seeking help or seeking treatment, um, you know, either for mental health or drugs or just whatever, that's none of our business. So my guess is actually that it was something like that and not some big evil scheme hatched up by Lou Taylor and the Kardashian Jenners, but stranger things have certainly happened. I mean, look at Brittany. Um, we also know that Lou Taylor uh, supposedly tried to get um, Lindsay Lohan into a conservatorship as well. Um, and I am not sure if she had any hand, uh, in Amanda Bynes situation. I don't know. Um, but a lot of these players 
in the conservatorship game in Hollywood overlap. Um, there's a lot of people that have their hands in a lot of those um, guardianship and conservatorship type cases and like stuff that goes on with celebrities trusts and, and all of that money management. Um, there's a lot of corruption there and shadiness there. And a lot of the same people and the same names you'll see over and over again. So I don't know what Kanye's situation is. Um, I've heard he's made a couple of surprise appearances at like concerts, jumping on people's songs, um, either at live shows or in the recording studio. So I don't think he's like physically being held somewhere. Um, but who knows how um, either the Kardashian family or people in their sphere of influence have tried to silence him. And it might not be them directly. It might not even be that Kim uh, or Kris Jenner like have a direct hand in it. It could be people in their circle, in their sphere that kind of are influencing some of these decisions. And, you know, who knows in what ways he's been threatened or um, what he's had held over his head. You just don't know how he's being treated or manipulated. And I'm not saying he's like a victim because I don't know what's going on with him. Uh, and, you know, there's a lot of back and forth about Kanye and whether or not he is an abuser, uh, whether or not he's fit to parent, whether or not, you know, he was at fault with the divorce. I mean, so many things you see so many opinions out there on the internet. I've shared my opinion before. Um, and it's hard. My opinion on him, you know, it changes a lot. It waxes and wanes, ebbs and flows, lulls and flares. Like I changed my mind a lot about Kanye. I've always respected him as an artist and loved him as an artist. Um, I think he's an absolute genius and that word gets thrown around a lot, but I truly think the man is a genius and I like him. Like I, find his personality to be engaging and endearing and charming. And I think he's very smart and I think he's probably a really sensitive soul. Um, but that doesn't mean that he doesn't do or say things sometimes that could be potentially, um, seen as abusive or toxic or dangerous, right. Or threatening or whatever. Um, and so I go back and forth uh, about all of that. I don't think what he was doing towards Kim and Pete was appropriate. Um, whether he genuinely meant anything by it or was ever going to act upon uh, anything, you know, in terms of being violent or physically abusive, I don't know. But I think at the very least, it was a little bit emotionally abusive, verbally abusive, you know, um, and he can claim that it was art. But, um, you know, I just I don't think it was all um, innocent or that he you know, um, was acting in a way that was appropriate and proper. Um, not saying the Kardashians are innocent in everything either, but it's like, you know, I don't know what the status of their relationship was or how he acted privately. Um, and I don't know, you know, if his alleged mental health conditions are being actively treated. I don't know the situation, so I can't speak on it a whole lot. Um, I just, you know, I have oftentimes stated that I equally share concern for him uh, and Kim, Kim and Pete. So uh, I'm not really on one side or the other. Um, I think probably more went on behind the scenes than we ever saw. And for that reason, I'm inclined to be a little bit more on Kim's side because, you know, think about everything we saw from Kanye publicly, like how was he treating them privately? That's what makes me worry a little bit. But all of that being said, um, I don't know that any of that would warrant a conservatorship or his rights being taken away. Um, you know, I don't really think most people deserve that or need that to happen. So I hope he kind of was MIA for a while, not because of a conservatorship and not because he was being held against his will, but simply because he wanted uh, to get help on his own. That's what I hope. Um, and maybe he just needed a break. Maybe he realized that he was like maniacally posting and he was causing all this drama and heartache and making him look bad. 
um, and not setting a great example for his kids. And so maybe he just wanted to take a step back, take a break from social media and take a break from being in the public eye. And if that's the case, like kudos, good for him, good for Kanye for having that level of self-awareness to say like, hey, I need a minute and to take that for himself. Um, We could all learn from that, you know? Um, But again, wouldn't be surprised if there was something a little darker or more nefarious going on uh, on the side of like Lou Taylor and the Kardashians, or at least Lou Taylor. Um, So speaking of Lou Taylor, let's segue into Britney. Um, Okay, so I've been seeing a lot out there about Britney lately, as per usual. Um, so a few key points, biggest news this week, well, not, not the biggest, but something that's been dominating the headlines when it comes to Britney Spears this week is that there's a paper shortage and Simon and Schuster, who's the publisher of her tell all memoir, like the book that she's going to be publishing, uh, have delayed it supposedly because there's a paper shortage and they predict um, that Britney's going to sell so many copies that they won't be able to keep up with the demand. So essentially it's like a, uh, a, not logistics, a supply and demand situation, a supply chain issue, paper shortage. They're projecting mega sales for Britney's tell all that supposedly is done. She supposedly completed writing this memoir and now publishing is going to be pushed back because they just don't think there's enough paper to keep up with the amount of copies she's expected to sell, supposedly. Now, that's the line that's being sold. That's what TMZ is saying in page six. And then, you know, Daily Mail, all these other publications are picking it up. That's what's being told and told to and sold by the media, right? But if I were to be a cynic and be skeptical, or if I were to look at this from a really pragmatic point of view or like a hater point of view, I can maybe think of another angle. Um, So let's assume for this thought exercise that the media is not being truthful. Shocker we've all seen her Instagram captions. I love Brittany dearly. I care about her well-being. I've been a fan forever, but I, I see the Instagram captions, right? They don't always make sense. And I don't just mean like, oh, they're a bit scattered or she forgot to use punctuation or She's using a ton of metaphors. I mean, sometimes they literally don't make any sense. Like you look at them and there's no way that even the most intelligent, well-versed English major could decipher or determine like what Britney's trying to say like what the metaphors are, what the symbolism is, because they just don't make sense. Um, and I'm getting to a point here, but let me read you one of her captions from a couple days ago. Okay, there's an image with three leopards. And then the next image is her in a leopard dress with her husband, Sam. That's fine. But the caption says, Pagan boast perpetual lemon cast Republican hold up visual plagues phantom irony mathematical pie serving 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 don't ask why domestication hand in fire repeat the prayer hold up hold up believe hmm don't know Sale, sale, sale. P.S. Just words. I'm bored. Like, reading it out loud sounded better than just reading it, you know, silently in my head. Um, 
And someone pointed out, like, maybe she was being influenced by Beyonce's um, Lemonade album, which I can see, you know, certain parts of that caption relating to Lemonade, if you've listened to the album. Um, So I, I do get that. If that's a reference, okay. But that's not the only or first caption like that. So my point um, in saying this is she oftentimes has captions that don't um, always make sense. And I'm wondering if there was like a projected timeline for this book and then they get her edits or what she wants to write, what she wants, maybe the the ghostwriter to work with, maybe notes. And they are like, WTF. Like, maybe they get this document or notes or whatever from Brittany and they're like, we cannot do anything with this. Like, maybe they have to kind of almost start from scratch or like totally rework it or really sit down and have her talk through like what she's trying to say. Um, and maybe that's pushing the timeline back. But of course, they're not going to go out publicly and be like, hey, we offered this person a book deal, but we now have her notes and we have no idea what she's trying to get at and it's pushing our whole timeline. They're not going to say that, right? And I'm not saying she's crazy, but they're not going to, they're also not going to say this person gave us these notes and they're crazy. Because we know that she writes in a stream of consciousness. And I think she's oftentimes being silly or being poetic. um, And it's just not always reading the way she's intending. There's been people that have said that she's like manic when she's writing some of this. I don't know if that's the case. I'm not a doctor. People have said that she has bipolar disorder, that she has schizophrenia. Again, I don't know. I'm not a specialist in either of those areas. So I don't know. I don't know what a person who was in a manic or psychotic state, I don't know what it would look like if they were writing Instagram captions or a tell-all memoir for that matter. So I don't know if that is the reason, but I'm just saying if I were to put on my cynics hat and be skeptical about it, maybe there is another reason besides the alleged paper shortage as to why this publication date may be pushed back. Or a more in, interesting and conspiration, uh, con, I can't say that word. What am I trying to say? Conspiratorial? I don't know. A more conspiracy-minded uh, notion would be that maybe there's too much explosive material in the book. Maybe it's totally coherent and well-written, but maybe there's going to be some legal stuff that has to be ironed out first right? Maybe it is just this explosive tell-all where it's jaw-dropping stuff and they need more time than they anticipated to iron out the legality aspect, to get lawyers involved, to, you know, um, to really double-check things with sources and fact-check things and, and get their facts aligned and get their lawyers ready um, embracing and, and preparing for battle. Cause if it's truly a tell all and it's all real, it's all true. And it's coming from Brittany, you know, it's going to be complicated and jaw dropping and piss some people off. And it's going to be probably astounding. And it could be so earth shattering that they've really got to have their legal ducks in a row. Depending on what type of knowledge she'd be dropping and what kind of information she'd be sharing, I am not being dramatic when I say that, like, literally people, people's lives could be threatened. People's lives certainly could be ruined. Um, so this could be a very big literary bomb, you know? So it could be that reason. It could be the potentially, you know, incoherent writing that could be, or it really could be a paper shortage. It could be some combination of any two or three of those uh, reasons as well. Right. And I want to be clear. I am not saying 
that any one of those reasons is true or not true. I'm just putting all of this out there for people to think about and consider and discuss. I'm not a hater. I love Brittany. Um, do I think that sometimes her captions are nonsensical? Of course. Um, <laughs> but uh, as someone who, um, you know, uh, is a creative and is a writer and does have streams of consciousness myself uh, and is slightly on the more neurodivergent side myself, like, I'm not going to hate on her for that. I think she's an artist. And she's also been so suppressed and repressed uh, for so many years that um, she may not express herself in the ways that most uh, adults her age would or that we would expect her to, but that doesn't mean it's wrong. However, as a writer and as someone that's edited articles and books before, I also think if she's giving notes to somebody like that, um, it could be a lot to comb through, a lot to edit, a lot to organize, and a lot to fact check. So I'm not saying anything bad about it or casting any judgment on it, but from a pragmatic logistical point of view um, in the writing process, like that might be hard for like a ghostwriter or an editor to organize and edit and, and fine tune, you know? Um, and then also the legal stuff. So, um, you know, then, you know, if I'm going to play devil's advocate against myself, I also then think why wouldn't Simon and Schuster just say that the publication is going to be delayed and leave it at that? You know, um, so it might really just be the paper shortage. Um, and they might be doing that to hype up the book too and, and to garner more interest and generate even more interest. Because if this book is expected to do so well that, you know, um, there's not going to be enough paper, like, you know, that's going to make more people want to rush out and, and buy it uh, or pre-order it once it's available. Um, so it could also be just a PR stunt kind of thing. I'm not doubting that there's a paper shortage because there's an everything shortage, it seems. Um, I'm just saying I don't know if that's necessarily the reason or the only reason that Britney's book would be delayed. So uh, that all being said, I'm super excited for it. I will be first in line. <laughs> um, I truly cannot wait. And I hope it is an honest tell-all and it really is her words and her point of view um, and that it's not some piece of like team Brittany conservatorship bleached whitewashed watered down garbage I don't want that you know I want authentic real Brittany and I want to hear from her mouth or her pen or her keyboard you know what really truly happened to her and tell her life story the way she wants to tell it because she deserves that for sure and I do think it's going to shock and upset some people. Um, but I'm really interested and excited to read it. Um, so something else I wanted to touch upon with Brittany. Um, well, a few things quickly. Uh, there was another hearing recently. I'm not going to pretend that I have any idea um, what happened at that hearing. I want to say it was last week. I think it was like July 27th. I could be wrong. Um I did not follow it as closely as normal, uh, as normal as I normally would, um, just because I had a lot of other stuff going on. I've not yet got caught up on it, but I think something that came out of that hearing or one of the recent hearings was that Brittany does not have to sit for a deposition uh, with her uh, father or for her father. Um, so that's good. Um, I don't know what else came out of it. I think probably something got delayed and there's going to be another hearing down the road because it just seems like an endless, um, you know, series of motions being quashed and things being moved and hearings being delayed and a lot of stall, stalling and stall tactics there. Um, so that's that. And I'm sure someone else can update you on that hearing. Um, I was listening to this other podcast and forgive me because I'm totally blanking right now on what the podcast is called and what the girl's name is, but I think it's called In-House and Habit. Eh, I can't recall. Um, I'm going to kind of like scroll through my texts here while I'm talking and, and pull it up because I feel bad. I can't remember her name, um, but I was listening to this podcast. Let me find the name. 
Um, oh. So. Oh, House and Habit. House and Habit. Jessica Reed Krause. Um, so I was listening to her podcast. Uh, a recent one she posted on like July 23rd, I think. Um, garnered a lot of uh, <laughs> divisive kind of outrage um, for several reasons. I think like the main thing is that people think that she and the guests she had on were giving Jason Alexander, um, Britney's ex-husband, um, too much of a platform. Um, and people were mad that they were platforming him. Um, cause one of the girls on the podcast, and again, I apologize. I, I just discovered this podcast and I like it, but I don't know. I don't even know who the guest was. I was kind of listening to it in the background while I was working, but one of the girls was like defending Jason Alexander a little bit saying that Britney Spears herself called him or contacted him somehow to come on her wedding day to her house to save her and to help her get out of marrying Sam. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. I'm not saying anything one way or another. That's a wild theory. Is it completely out of the realm of possibility? No. Like, again, I would believe pretty much anything at this point when it came to Brittany. Um, do I think that's the most likely thing that happened? No. Do I think maybe Jason Alexander thought he was talking to Brittany and did this because he thought he was helping her or saving her or doing the right thing? Yeah, maybe one of those things is true. Like, he might have thought um, that he was being a hero. Um, that doesn't mean it's right. You can't just break into somebody's house and crash their wedding and like barge into their bedroom and video all of it on a live stream on Instagram live. Like that's just not how things are done or how we can operate in a civilized society. You can't do that. It's dangerous. It's an invasion of privacy. It's psychotic. Um, so I don't know what his intentions were, but it doesn't really matter. Like, that wasn't cool. You know, that was a no-no. So, like, you can say that maybe he had some good intentions in his own twisted way, um, but also you don't have to defend his actions because um, regardless of what his intentions were or what his thought process was, like, his actions were potentially dangerous and really disrespectful to Britney, in my opinion. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of back and forth out there and um, division about Sam, uh, her current husband, Sam Asgari, and whether or not he's a good guy and whether or not the wedding was real um, and whether or not he and Britney truly are in love with each other. Um and I don't know. I'll be honest. My opinions on Sam have shifted drastically since they first started dating. Um, for a while, I would defend him and I really liked him and stuff. But something about things recently over this last like year or so seem off to me with their relationship. And I don't even know that it's like Sam specifically. I just, I think it's like something about their relationship seems off. And I don't like when people call her, or I'm sorry, call him her controller or her handler, because I think it is a little disrespectful to her. Like, I feel like she would know who she should let into her life and, um, you know, who's a handler versus a true, um, ally. Uh, and she does seem very in love with him, but that makes me sad because if he is a handler, if Vicky, her assistant's like a handler for team con, that makes me really, really sad because she seems happy a lot of times, um, with Sam and with Vicky and, um, you know, so I want to believe they're both good people and I want to believe they both have her best interests at heart. Um, like she posted a video or like I think an Instagram story or something of her at a bar with Vicky. And and Brittany said it was the first time she was ever in a bar in her life, which that's wild. And I kind of find it hard to believe, but um, we all know she hasn't been able to go enjoy bars in her adult life anytime recently. So, um, you know, maybe that is what she meant, but she looked happy 
And a lot of times she does look happy uh, and free, like when she is being filmed um, by Vicky or with Vicky. Um, and the same sometimes goes with Sam. But there's also something like in some of her other posts on Instagram that feel off and that feel unhappy and where she doesn't seem as free. Um, and where her eyes look sad and empty. And so I go back and forth because I want her to be free. I want her to be happy. I want her to have control of her life and autonomy and rights and confidence and fun and all of it. And I want her to love and be loved and have her fairy tale ending. And I hope Sam is that. And I hope that me thinking that is not just wishful thinking. But I, I also can see why the Bianon side of all this Britney Army like division, why they think we should be concerned about Sam and Vicky. Like I get that too. Um, so I definitely see both sides of it and I want to be careful to like put this out there saying I'm not picking a side. Um because here's why, like my mind changes. Some days I lean towards the side of Brittany is finally regaining her freedom. She's finally happy. She's finally living her life. Let her post what she wants, wear what she wants, do what she wants, write what she wants, uh, marry who she wants, you know? And then there's this other side of me that's like, what all has changed um, since the days that we were heavy, deep, you know, in the throes of the conservatorship because she has a little more freedom, but, you know, we still rarely see or hear her talk live or speak live. Um, she always does seem to have someone with her that people would call a handler. Um, she does still post pictures that, you know, she looks vacant or sad she does still post these captions that don't always make sense. Um, there were things about the wedding that seemed very off. There are things about the way she and Sam interacts that seems very staged or very controlled. Um, there are, you know, Twitter feeds that post regularly about bruises that are always all over her body. Is that because she's a dancer and she's, you know, injuring herself or is she clumsy like I am and runs into things a lot? I mean, she has a song called clumsy, um, you know, so, so I don't know, but that stuff scares me. Um, I think I will feel better if she ever does release a tell all that feels legit and genuine and authentic, or if she ever does do an interview that doesn't feel scripted, um, or pre-planned or, if she ever gets on live um, on Instagram and like answers fan questions live uh, and it doesn't seem scripted, I, I don't know, maybe I would feel better. Um, at this point, though, everyone's trust has been so eroded that I don't know what it's going to take for the entire Britney army to be united in believing and trusting that Britney's free. Because I feel like at this point, Britney Spears could go on Instagram Live and be like, hey, y'all, like, I'm free. I'm happy. I'm in love. Sam and I have a great relationship. Um, I'm putting the past behind me. All is well. You know, I feel like she could say something like that. And there would be a certain portion of the fan base that would go off and be like, oh, she's being forced to say that. Look, you know, her eyes are looking at someone behind the camera. Oh, she looks like she's reading from notes. Look at her eyes. She doesn't look happy. Um, you know, there's, you know, a mess in the background. Uh, when, you know, when was this filmed? You know, I, I feel like there would just be this endless speculation no matter what she says or does. So I don't know what the answer is. And I sadly don't know how we're ever going to know the truth other than time and patience. And I just pray that it's not a situation where we're finding out the truth too late, right? Um, Michael Jackson comes to mind. We found out a lot of things after his death um, about his life and 
the people in his circle and the people closest to him and the demons he was battling and all this other stuff that we didn't know about, you know, in real time and contemporaneously. So, you know, there's sadly a lot of parallels between MJ and Brittany that I could devote like a whole podcast to, but do some research. Um, I have mentioned this several times before, but some of the players involved in all of Brittany's financial stuff and conservatorship stuff uh, and record deal, like so much of it. Um, there's a lot of them that were also involved in Michael Jackson's later days and his financial stuff and his uh, like will and all of that. And there was like something about him trying to be put in a conserv, someone trying to put him in a conservatorship as well. Um, and there's a lot of overlapping players there. The whole like family trust and will and um, guardianship and conservatorship stuff, especially um, the financial side of conservatorships and and uh, family law and all of that, and estates uh, and all of that, like it is very incestuous in Hollywood. So you're going to see a lot of the same people involved in Britney's estate that were involved in MJ's estate and so on and so on. But it's scary because we never really got to know Michael Jackson and the truth of his life and his soul and his being because much like Britney, he never really got to be a person. He was just a performer from childhood. And, um, you know, the media really did him dirty. And um, I'm not going to comment either way on the allegations um, because the man is no longer with us and is not here to defend himself. And he had his day in court more than once and uh, was not found guilty of anything. The FBI trailed him for years and did not find anything um, incriminating. So, you know, I say let him rest in peace, but um, there are a lot of overlaps and parallels between him and Brittany. And um, I just pray that she meets a much better um, fate and outcome in her life than he did. Um, a couple other things about Brittany. So on this one podcast, the one I referenced earlier, um, <laughs> The House and Habit, uh, was so they were talking about people believe that her um, cameo necklace is a GPS tracker or has like a tracker in it. And here's the thing. Five, 10 years ago, I would have thought that was absolutely batshit crazy. But now it's like, who knows? People track people on their iPhones all the time. And we know she was surveilled. We know she had surveillance um, in her home uh, against her will or at least against her knowledge, you know, she was being basically recorded and spied on in the privacy of her own bedroom. So, you know, allegedly. So if those alleged facts are true, then how do we know she's not being tracked through this necklace, this cameo necklace? Um, you know, and you could say it's a conspiracy, just like how everyone's trying to figure out what Project Rose was and why she always posts these same Rose video, uh, Rose uh, photos and, you know, the whole thing about wear yellow if you need help. And then she posts a video in yellow. Like, who knows at this point? I don't know. But I'll end it on a happier note. And that is that Britney allegedly, supposedly is coming out with a song with Elton John. It's a version of his song, Tiny Dancer. And Tiny Dancer is such a fitting song for Britney because she's always posting videos of herself dancing and spinning. Um, and she's a dancer at heart, as we all know, that's her passion. Um, and I love Elton John. I do know that, you know, if you listen to some podcasts like Beyond the Blinds, for example, Fluently Forward, like we know Elton John maybe has some shady skeletons in his closet and some dark stuff in his past and dark connections, allegedly, supposedly, maybe. Um, but I do like Elton John as a performer. Um, also his autobiography was really good. Um, so if Britney's memoir is anything like his, it'll be awesome. But I do think this could be a really good song. I think she'd be great, uh, singing tiny dancer and it's so well suited to her from a thematic, you know, perspective, like the theme of dancing and her, like it's perfect. My only hope is that she recorded this song, um, of her own free will that it was something she wanted to do, that she desired herself to do. 
um, that she was not forced into it or coerced into it in any way, that it wasn't a product of the conservatorship, um, that it wasn't against her will. Like, that's my hope. If she recorded this song, cool. Um, I hope she did it herself and did it because she wanted to and wasn't pushed into doing it in any way. What I'm unclear on and I've seen conflicting things about is whether or not this song is current, like now in the year 2022, or if it was recorded a while back. Because some people said this was recorded years ago. Well, if that's the case, it makes me, you know, kind of be like, eh, not so sure about it because that then would have been the conservatorship era. And did Britney record with Elton because she wanted to, or did team con and Britney, the brand, you know, force her to was daddy Spears or, you know, Larry Rudolph in her ear, making her do a song with Elton. Now I do know she's friendly with Elton. I don't know if they're friends. They're not like as close as Lady Gaga and Elton John are, but maybe, you know, they're closer than we know. And maybe they did, you know, hook up on their own to record this song. But even in this day and age, when Britney's technically free from most uh, aspects of the conservatorship, at least in her state, um, I just... I feel like it would be something still that someone else would be arranging for her and kind of suggesting to her and putting upon her. And and see, there's that skepticism that I, I don't want to be so cynical. I don't want to be the person that's questioning every move that Brittany makes. But, you know, I want to hear it from the horse's mouth. You know, I want her to say that she chose to do this, that she's excited about it. Like I want her to comment on it and then we can decide, does it seem authentic or not? Is her excitement about the project genuine? Cause right now it's like we have all these headlines, but she hasn't spoken on it, you know? And, and so how do we know, did she want to do the song or not? But I'm not going to lie. I'm excited about it. I, think it'll be amazing and I hope it's a hit Um, and I hope that she reaps the rewards of that being a hit you know she deserves to have her hard-earned money and um, I hope this can do that for her and help set her up um, to be successful as an independent woman whose life and money is not being controlled by somebody else We already know she's been wildly successful, but she hasn't really been able to to, um, benefit from those profits and benefit from the success. You know, it's always went towards other people and paying other people's bills and making other people happy. And, you know, she hasn't really got to enjoy it until recently. And I do hope that all these videos of her on vacation uh, and on, you know, planes and everything are current and real and that she is living her life to the fullest and enjoying her life. Um, at the same time, I hope she doesn't blow through all of her money. Um, because money is a finite resource, even when you're Britney Spears. Um, but you know, that's not our place to, to judge or really comment on. She can spend her money how she wants. She earned it. And you know, same goes for Taylor Swift and Kylie Jenner. If all three of them want to take private jets back and forth to visit one another. Um, even if it's only a 10 minute plane ride, you know, cool. Like I am not the environment police and these women all worked hard and, um, earned their money, especially Brittany, um, and Taylor, um, no comment on Kylie Jenner, but, um, you know, they're all successful in their own right and they could spend their money how they want. Um, we don't get to be the moral police about how many plane rides or vacations someone takes. Um, so yeah, love you, Brittany. I haven't ended with a poem in a while. Um, so I figured I would do so today. I wrote this one back in 2020 during the height of the pandemic. Um, and I figured I would share with you now. So here we go. Nirvana, 
Can we go back to the privilege of denial, to the ignorance is bliss, to the luxury of control and the mundane choices that we miss? Can we go back to when routine was a given, when we had options? Can we go back to security, safe, warm home, a nurturing nervous system of going about our business with our busyness, our biggest threat? Can we go back to being able to decide when to care, what to care about, when to stress or not, where we go, what we do, nirvana? Can we go back to freedom? Can we revisit the before, post up and camp out there just for a while? Could we hang out for a bit before returning to the unrelenting present, please? We'll see you next time.